1: I
0: know that human beings and fires can cause just peaceful. This without finding. Petri
1: Dish. Well, guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. And I'm Sean. Yeah, I think it's recording. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, so we're on our second episode about doping. Now, hopefully, you guys remember from the first episode doping is when athletes do naughty, naughty things, they inject bad, naughty things into their bodies to get an athletic advantage, specifically a banned athletic advantage, right? So for example, uh, doing Prozac, that's okay, right? That's not doping, even though it gives you the competitive advantage of not going crazy in the middle of the Tour de France. Or I'm, is it, is I'm it not banned? sure that that's entirely true yet. Yeah, well, it, no I'm, wonder they all go nuts, man. <laughs> <laughs> they need to take Prozac off the band list.
0: <laughs> a lot of drugs that are normally used to treat different kinds of mental chemical imbalances right. and stuff like that. Do other stuff. Or for the reasons that they treat those things. like I mean, like, Ritalin is a drug that can help treat, for example, like ADHD. Right, but it also Ritalin makes you bike faster. R- Ritalin is banned
1: as fuck. Well, isn't that so unfair to the ADD cyclists out there who like get distracted on the tour de France, like bird? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, ADD yeah. DDD, yeah, you know? yeah. Like- focus on writing for that long yeah the point of these rules are to be unfair to certain people <laughs> that's true that's true we'll talk about that later sean questions the broader ethics of really sports yeah uh, but anyway, anyway guys so part one we talked all about doping, kind of set the terms of the debate right talked about a couple preliminary dopis yep um talked like a lot about drugs and yeah, yeah you know and the that. stuff that you could imagine you're not supposed to. It, it makes sense that cocaine probably shouldn't take cocaine before endurance stuff
0: yeah, um, yeah. yeah,
1: I guess not. Man, I don't know. We'll all talk right, about I this later. Co-coo Sean co-coo. thinks all this stuff is arbitrary. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but so now we're in our part two. We need to talk about some kind of cool, like more out there, sciencey things, right? Like hormone treatments, growth factors. Eventually, speculative fields like gene therapy.
0: Yeah, and then we're gonna close out this episode, or in this episode, we're also gonna have
1: the discussion that they has been alluding to, debate, which is
0: that, like, if you will. Does this list make sense? Does this whole concept of doping make sense? Yeah. What are we protecting whom from? Right, like so. Right. Like, it's So we'll get into that in this We're
1: episode. Protecting as well. me from the dopers who might ride their bike to my home and kill me because <laughs> <laughs> they're so hopped up on dope. Man, Lance Armstrong <laughs> kills you one time, and then that's all you talk about. <laughs> all all right. right, guys. So thank you for joining us. We're Petri Dish. Wait, is that <laughs> <laughs> No, okay. So let's take a little little mini dinker. We don't then, have to call her. Either. And then and then we're we thank Woo, dope right. part two. Yeah, let's do it. Up for debate. Let's do it. So let's talk about hormones. All right, so
0: look, people have shot themselves up with a truly impressive number of things, and because of that, this list is very large and covers a lot of different biological sort of mechanisms yeah. and concepts, right? Proteins,
1: peptides, molecules, strings, quarks, people have shot up all sorts of shit.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely quarks in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So,
1: basically, the I idea... I got a full of quarks, and I'm going all the way, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm winning the <laughs> I don't think you
0: should fist quarks into anything. Um, so, typically, a lot of these things are supposed to increase growth in stuff like muscles. Okay? Right. A number of these drugs impact growth pathways and can do things like inhibit estrogen production. Or inhibit estrogen signaling. Right, we don't like estrogen. Well, it's just estrogen is typically counterproductive for muscle growth. Right. It's wonderful for a lot of other things. Right,
1: like uh, milk and milkies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, estrogen's good for some stuff. Okay, this is not sexist pod. All right. Wow. It, it wasn't even going to be close to sex until you said it. <laughs> now I'm like worried about it. Okay, let's rephrase all that. Stacey, you got a little bit of extra cutting to do this episode. No, come on. Keep all that right. in. All right. So, so estrogen's bad for athletes. We want to inhibit our estrogen. It's not good for muscle growth. Okay. There's a lot of different kinds of athletes.
0: Maybe there's a kind of athlete for whom estrogen is very good. But What, like curling or something or, uh, or darts? Women are better at lifting chairs. Really? Right? Because of their center of gravity is different.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that, <laughs> <Is> <laughs> so, that true? I don't know if there's a competition just related just to just
0: that. <laughs> <up> right <laughs> uh, all right. So there are also interesting things that you can take that can make your body think that it's low on oxygen. Stuff called hypoxia inducible factor activating agent.
1: Why would it be good to
0: trick your body that way? So that your body sort of acclimates... And does things to try to make up for being low on oxygen. Right, so, right. So hypoxia-inducible factor is a signaling protein that normally tells cells to do stuff in response to low oxygen. So right. it's like, okay, one of the things that you're supposed to do is make a protein hormone called EPO. EPO signals that you need more red blood cells. So having this hypoxia go on means that you can make more red blood cells. Oh, my God. Devious. Devious. We need to execute these dopers. Some of these activating agents are things like noble gases,
1: like argon and xenon. To think that people would use these noble gases for such innoble means. We need to execute dopers. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is basically you breathe some
0: air that has extra argon and xenon in it. Yeah. And they kind of take up space. They make it so that you're breathing, but you aren't getting quite as much oxygen. Uh, xenon also has these other mechanisms of action besides making you have less oxygen. Right. Which is sort of strange because xenon is not a reactive gas. Right. That's what somehow, makes it so noble. It gets in there. Yes, exactly. Because the other
1: gases are the peasant gases. Yes. They react to things and breathe. It's the pleb <laughs> The pleb gases.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, xenon somehow gets in there and binds up to certain receptors in your body... And this effect is very real, but I don't totally understand how it's possible.
1: Don't you feel like they should call them the virgin gases instead of the noble gases? (laughs) Because they don't, like, bond anything? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) That That would make a lot more sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> the virgin gases. Like, argon. <laughs> argon, the virgin gas. <laughs> um, um, well, that's crazy, so that's why whenever in the Tour de France, sometimes they'll be like, what do you think, like, Lance Armstrong will have, like, a like a brown paper bag and he'll be breathing into it on his bike? And they'll be like, what do you think he's breathing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, probably just oxygen. He could be huffing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah. We're not gonna go through all the different compounds. There's too many. Yeah, it's way too many, because
0: this whole category we're talking about right now, hormones, growth modulators, growth factors, hypoxia inducible factor activating agents, that's just a bunch of shit that you can do, you can take them, and the main goal is to try to build muscle, maybe increase your
1: red blood cell amounts. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about the blood. Yeah, so. Because blood, that's like the main thing, right? Like. Mm, like blood like (laughs) you got good blood like you can ride that bike it's thicker than water like thing. it feels like all doping is just for bicycles right (laughs) like like, do skateboarders dope like does anyone else dope besides bicycle riders i could imagine why is the dumbest sport the most criminal well so i I guess gymnastics there's actually
0: an interesting thing about this so um I was reading this paper that was basically arguing that sports doping is stupid and we should just allow all of that doping. Right. And one of the things that they were saying is that um, a lot of people who are like elite musicians, right, like concert pianists and stuff like that, yeah. will take anti-anxiety meds before going on stage, right, because it'll help them and remain calm, calm and yeah. then kind of in control of what their playing. fingers. And like that is them taking a drug. To performance enhance. To enhance their performance, right? Like really explicitly. Yeah, I don't go to natty, like pianists. (laughs) 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 Right, exactly. I want the doped up pianist. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we're jumping ahead because this is. You should make a shirt, but like doped up
1: pianist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just Adrian Brady with bloodshot eyes. But we'll, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. But yes, I agree. Cycling, for some reason, is at the intersection of almost every kind of doping. Which is amusing. Yeah. Um, But one of the big ones is, yes, trying to get your blood doped up so that it can carry more oxygen, right? Right. And so uh, that hypoxia stuff that we were talking about earlier can play into that. But basically the idea is you need oxygen in your muscles for them to be able to perform oxidative phosphorylation. That's the mitochondria shit. Right. That makes a lot of that good ATP. Need that. So you can keep your muscles going, right? All right. And it's particularly important in, in endurance competitions. Right. Like sprinters... I would argue it doesn't help as much because you deplete all of the oxygen in the area way faster than it's going to be able to be replenished, really. So it's not about the short-term competitions where you're using the twitch muscles really fast, exhausting the ATP, and then you're done because it's a short sprint, right? Right. So it's like cycling, right? It's like endurance running, marathons and stuff like that. So it's important to have oxygen in your muscles. What delivers the oxygen? Red blood cells, right? So one way to get more oxygen... Carried at one time is to be able to have more red blood cells in your body. That's to do this vampire, right? Yeah. Just drink your own blood. Well, don't drink it. Don't Uh, drink it. Oh, inject it. Yeah, you gotta inject it. Doesn't help to drink it, I guess. No, you You just just digest it. it. It's not it. (laughs) You got
1: funny pee. Yep. Oxygenated urine. And poop. You don't have funny poop. poop. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so you gotta inject your own blood. But Uh, you gotta, like, make it better blood.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, obviously, if you take blood out and then just inject it into yourself, that's not actually that helpful. Right. Because a lot of your blood's volume is not red blood cells. It's like the rest of the liquid shit, so the you, serum.
1: You got to take your blood and, like, whoop, 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 break it, get it down into just blood cells.
0: Yeah. Basically, you filter your blood a little bit so that you keep behind some of the red blood cells, yeah. separate it from some of your serum, and then you re-inject the concentrated red
1: blood cells yeah. into your body. So do you use, like, um... Like a gold pan, or do you use like a little sieve? Like, there are filtering machines that are specifically built for this nice. purpose, in part because what's serum. What's the best is... one on Amazon Prime? I've been thinking about this. <laughs> like, you uh, know, we're a consumer pod in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. Like, what's the best product
0: for filtering your blood? It's one of those. It, I mean, you can just go with the Amazon Basics garlic crusher. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> so you just gotta take something. <laughs> <laughs> the important part is the red blood cells are what's left behind, okay, not the juices that come out. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta, you know, kinda unload it there. Alright. Um so basically you're concentrating it down, you're getting extra red blood cells, you're putting that back into your blood. This doesn't last forever. Okay. Red blood cells get recycled and broken down over time. And in general, your body has kind of a natural balance for how many red blood cells it tries to have in the blood. Okay. So this doesn't last forever. But it can give you an advantage while it's in your bloodstream. Okay. Enough. I see that you can
1: synthesize stuff too. Yeah. But yeah. it's not as good. No, it's not really as good, to be honest. So if you could substitute your own red blood cells for synthesized compounds, but the synthesized compounds are not as good, yeah. why not just do the your blood, the whole thing we were just talking about? Like, why, why would anyone use synthesized proteins then?
0: Yeah, I don't think that the synthesized protein
1: avenue is really all that good yet.
0: I think. Oh, I see. Um, In the future, maybe. Yeah. So to do the whole process where you take out your blood, get the red blood cells, and put it back into your body, you kind of need a medical team involved. Ah. Uh, and but if there was just like a bottle of synthetic molecules that you could just like literally shoot up, I'll be. You get caught a lot less. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. although I would argue synthetic molecules are probably, probably they're going to figure out some way to detect them relatively easily. Right. In the case of your red blood cells, really the most that they can say is they can look at your blood and be like, oh, this is higher
1: than average red blood cell counts. Right, but there's a lot of, I mean, we'll actually talk about this in a second, there's natural ways to get that happening.
0: Right, right. And so I,
1: I do want to mention real
0: quick, before we get to that, that there is another option to get more red blood cells, and that's to use erythropoietin.
1: Uh, which
0: is a hormone that makes your body make more red blood cells. Mm. And it's a naturally occurring hormone and people can inject themselves with that. It's also called EPO. And so EPO doping was very popular for a while because again, EPO is a natural hormone. So you will find it in people's blood naturally. Right. And after you inject it, and it does its job, its levels will kind of go back to normal, but your red blood cell count will kind of spike a little
1: bit later. Hey, if you want to be a natty doper, then uh, you just live in Colorado, right?
0: Yeah, so another option is to live at high altitude and then train at somewhat lower altitude. Right. Live high, train low is Mm. what it's called. And so basically you'll you'll sleep at the high altitude and wake up and have breakfast or whatever, and then you'll go to a slightly lower uh, altitude to exercise. And the reason for that is... If you try to do everything at the high altitude, you get tired way too quickly. Right. And so you're not really getting the most benefit out of your exercise. But if you try to recover at high altitude, your body is still kind of going through the whole process, but it's hypoxic. So it creates more
1: red blood cells. So do people like, it sounds like a lot of shit to live in high altitudes, right? Like your body's got to really struggle to make it happen. Yeah. So do people in high altitudes die sooner? But like, does it take a toll on their body? Or are they just, like, ubermenches and we should just all live in mountains?
0: Uh, so, I've read some things that suggest... Although, I'm, I'm not certain how complete we know this. But, like, a, what I've heard is that because of the hypoxic element of it, mm. like, people can actually live
1: longer if they live at higher altitudes. Wow, so we're just... We're like making a poor health choice living down here. <laughs> well, but it's annoying being up there. <laughs> I don't, don't want to be up there.
0: I like the ocean. But we could snowboard. There's also some shit about like uh, like Tibetans or something like that. Right. They, they live a long time. That kind of so seems like they skew the sample, though, right? They got a genetic thing going on. Right. They have like their own extra thing. Anyway, we should probably talk about that in a separate episode or right. idea because I, mean, I, I need to read a lot more about that to really know.
1: Okay. Well, anyway. anyway, anyway. So how else do dope? No, I'm kidding. Nope. There's no more ways to dope. Those are all the ways to blood dope.
0: Yeah, so basically... (laughs) Why is it good? Hold on. No. Calm down. We know it's good. The thing about the high altitude training stuff is that that offers kind of similar impacts to your red blood cell amounts as blood doping. Okay? So it's kind of hard to tell the difference in terms of what WADA is looking at. Right. Because... You could just be like,
1: I trained at high altitude, yeah. when actually you injected red blood cells, right? You know what I mean, so it, they have it, to like it... check what your main domicile is and be like, I don't know, man, you live in Venice Beach, yeah. I you don't actually, know if you're really training in high altitudes, you bro. Can freaking, you can drive over to a mountain or some shit.
0: California's got mountains. That's true. Here's the dangers of blood doping. Ah. Okay, blood doping increases the risk of blood clot uh, and all the things that blood clots can cause if they turn into embolisms, yeah. stuff like heart attacks and strokes. Okay, and one of the reasons for this. Increased risk is you're basically making your blood thicker than normal, which is like all your fucking red blood cells. More gelatinous, which means your heart has to pump all this jello blood. Right. The heart has to pump harder. More viscous blood is more likely to kind of have higher pressure as it's going through different turns in your uh, vasculature. Right. That can cause some damage. That can cause a thrombosis to form. Right. So, you know, that's all possible. So basically, you know, there are health Concerns the same with any
1: kind of doping thing. Yeah. Do you think blood tastes good? Uh, well, we've had blood. Well, like blood sausage. Yeah. Well, yeah, but um, human blood sausage.
0: Do you I think don't. That I don't think. It, I don't think it tastes all that different. Really? I think it's gonna be the same.
1: Oh, so you're endorsing it? See, <laughs> I, I, I
0: don't love blood
1: sausage. Ah, okay, yeah, okay. I think blood sausage is fine. It's not whether it's made of human or pig. It's just you don't like blood sausage in it's general. One of, it's one of my least favorite sausages. Yeah, it is literally my least favorite. I guess I never had, like, a shit sausage. Like, one could plausibly just, like, fashion poop into sausage oil form. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) You're right. And I guess guess that would be about equal for me with blood sausage. (laughs) Very good. I really don't like blood sausage. Very good. Uh, Let's take a break. (laughs) And when we come back, let's have our little debate. Wait, so just to be sure, what we concluded is that blood doping is good, right? Because, like, you said the blood clot thing, but, like, do we know if anyone's really ever died of blood doping? Like, is that, like, even a thing we could prove or disprove? No, I don't think so. Yeah, so it's probably just good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it has a downside, but maybe not as uh, as mm-hmm. noticeable a downside as, like, cocaine. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? Um, or meth, right? Right. And given the fact that you can get similar effects by just doing the live high, train low thing... I think it's probably not that dangerous. Right. And it's certainly hard to detect. Right. Which I think is one of the reasons why it was so popular.
1: Okay. Well, cool. Well, let's take a break and then we will debate the merits of doping. Yeah, let's let's
0: talk about how much does doping actually benefit people. Right. Right. And then let's talk about is it good or bad? What do we think about it? Okay. Okay. We have our first actual sponsor. We got some copy here.
1: Let's get into it. Oh man, it's so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Petri dish is the perfect pod for falling asleep because Sean is a a boring scientist whose nerdy crap hits harder than six pounds of intravenous horse tranquilizer? I don't (laughs) have any. Okay, Okay, it's your (laughs) line now.
0: But then Nathan cuts in like a fucking chimp, (laughs) screeching all his stupid shit, interrupting your nap. They, I I was worried about that. Alright, that's rude. Yeah. So, so download Kruger. Uh, it's an app that takes a pod like Petri Dish and cuts out all the loud abrasive sounds mm. so you can transform your pods into beautiful, tranquil background noise and rest well.
1: That doesn't seem so the, Cut out that nighttime noise with Kruger. Download today from the App Store or whatever Google uses and let Sean euthanize you into a good night's sleep. See, I don't like that at all. We need the money. Yeah. Download Kruger. All right, guys, so we're back. So I think first thing to say, Sean, about the merits or demerits of doping is that it does work, right? Like even using a small amount of dopable substances increases your muscle growth and performance, right? Yes. So let's talk about
0: some specifics. Studies that involve the use of anabolic steroids have shown that muscular strength can be improved by five to twenty percent when you use those steroids. Even when you use less than what is typically done by athletes or bodybuilders or something. Mm-hmm. So we're talking like a relatively low dose of anabolic steroids can improve muscular strength. Yeah. Five to twenty percent.
1: That's awesome. Uh
0: steroid use. Well, you got some? I was gonna say your fibers get better. Yeah, you get right? bigger muscle fibers. Those muscle fibers are stronger and greater in number in both people who frequently power lift and then also people who don't normally do a lot of resistance training and only did some during the course of the study. Right. right? Meanwhile, blood
1: infusions help cyclists by 4.7%, which is, in a sport measured by seconds, pretty good. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's even with just half a bag of blood. Yeah, you got a four point seven percent boost yeah. in cycling. If you get like a
1: Kirkland Signature bag of blood, like a three <laughs> pounder, wee, you flying through France.
0: Well, from what we understand about how professional athletes actually dope with blood, usually it's more like two to three bags of blood.
1: Uh, Damn, and, that is like a Kirkland Signature. Nah, bag. That's what I'm saying. And uh, it seems that's like, like the third sort of thing you look at Costco and you're like, when am I ever going to use this much blood? <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. It seems like for that one, the benefit tops off at about 10% improved performance for cycling. Right, right? which
1: again is... That's basically getting a place in the Tour de France or not, right? I mean, like, 10% is huge. That can make a noticeable difference.
0: And again, I don't think it makes a difference between, like, me and Lance Armstrong. Like, me being 10% better doesn't do fucking anything compared to Lance
1: Armstrong. Right. But within the profession... Yeah. Some of these margins are very small. Yeah. Lance Armstrong is around 15 to 20% better than I am at cycling. I see, I see. And so that... That that, is tough. That means that me doping would not catch up to him necessarily. Him doping is not that amount.
0: Right. Right, right, right. Agreed with you.
1: And then the final bit on that is how common
0: is doping? Yeah. Athletes are not super into admitting that they dope. Right. You know what I mean? So at best, we have these kind of shitty measures like anonymous surveys. And when you use anonymous surveys, you get really big error bars. So the range of what percentage of athletes dope goes from 1% to 40%.
1: Okay. Which is essentially a useless statistic, but... It's a known unknown how many athletes dope. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but it's probably a lot of athletes. Right, well, does it depend on which sport, right? Like, Usain Bolt doesn't need a dope because he's just sprinting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you know, bodybuilding...
0: Yeah. ...in non-natty competitions... Yeah. 100% of people dope. Right, Right. that's the whole point. Yeah, I mean, it's just... There's no way you're going to look anything close to the nearby people if you aren't taking right. anabolic steroids. It's just like
1: everyone right. knows
0: that they're taking it.
1: And Russia also is close to 100%.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: I think so. It's basically everyone. Right. It's yeah. like don't you mandated. get in trouble
0: if you don't do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. What, what are you going <laughs> to tell, you know? <laughs> um, but what about like, um, I know like baseball have, like, a pretty big controversy about, about doping, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, what about, like, soccer or football or, or anything like that? Like, basketball. Do any of those other sports have famous issues with doping? Um,
0: I can't currently think of... Well, I, I thought there was a famous one for soccer, and I think steroid use for football is sometimes common.
1: Yeah. You know, steroid use for youth players in soccer... Like, Messi actually had growth hormones and it wasn't like an illegal thing it was just like he was like fucking two foot nothing and they're like this bitch is not gonna have a career unless he's like at least five foot two right yeah 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 <laughs> he's still only like five foot six or seven or something he's like not a tall guy they gave him a few inches yeah, they yeah. Gave him a few inches
0: that's nice yeah so yeah i'm not sure about the prevalent from sport to sport but i do assume that there are athletes in pretty much every sport right. that dope some
1: okay we're trying to. i mean at least we can agree that doping is wrong and we should punish as punitively as possible like what's the point of having a mass incarceration system if you can't (laughs) imprison more people.
0: And you know what? We need sexier, healthier people in our incarceration system. Yeah. We need to be locking up these athletes. Yeah. Uh, So when it comes to defining doping and deciding what drugs belong on the list and stuff like that, something that's brought up a lot is the concept of spirit of sport and the idea of fair competition. It's
1: supposed to be a perfectly natural playing field, right? Where, I like, guess, talent yeah. proliferates rather than unfair advantages. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like a hard sell to me. Well, what, like what's first, hard about it? Well, so... What's rock hard <laughs> about it?
0: So, is athletes a, who have that, more money are able to have more backing to have trainers, dietitians, training yeah. facilities. Some people might genetically have an advantage. Right. You know, Michael Phelps, his arms are big. Yeah, I mean, we should... We should stop that with Gattaca, right? Well, just, I, I think it's like there are built-in advantages already that make it so it's not a fair competition.
1: Right. It's not like everyone is enlisted in FIFA World Cup and then everyone plays. <laughs> <laughs> it's like decades of people's lives go into doing this. And who gets to even do that offhand is like hugely selected, right? I mean, I mean, like, it's not a lot of people are professional soccer players.
0: Yeah, but like also, you know, in the Olympics, for example, it's pretty clear that the countries that do well in winter sports competitions, like skiing, have mountains and former uh, empires for whatever reason, white and enough money so you can fucking buy skis or whatever. Do you think just?
1: Do you think that's just like a native um, kinship that white people feel with snow? (laughs) <laughs> do you think they, they blend in? Maybe that's the advantage is they have this kind of camouflage, natural camouflage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think they just like see snow and are just no, happier it's a, the, than the, other races the are? The Winter
0: Olo- Olympics were purposefully, they were set up to be racist because right. they knew that it gave an advantage to rich white countries. Yeah. It was on purpose right, when right. it was set up in
1: like whatever, 1920. It was not part of the Greek rotation, right? <laughs> no. They didn't no, like it do not. marathons, wrestle, javelin throw, and ski. Right. You know? So, so already
0: sports are unfair right and so i don't get how
1: doping like it makes them it's, more it's all or less part, fair. it's all part of not being fair so then the, it the, would be kind of a boner though if like you didn't want to dope because i don't know maybe you're just uncomfortable with that but like broski X dopes so now you got to dope just to be in that profession i mean yeah. because if it's like if it's like bodybuilding by virtue of the the mass culture of doping necessarily to be a bodybuilder in those. I mean, frankly, cause Natty's bullshit, right? Like to be in those like, <laughs> No Natty competitions are pretty cool. Yeah. But to make that good, good, right. To make that big bodybuilder money. I don't really know what the financial. Model is <laughs> <like>. <laughs> I don't either. I don't know. But to become Conan, the barbarian, right? Uh-huh. Like you have to do steroids. I mean, that would be, that would kind of suck if like to be a soccer player, we all knew you had to dope. That's, uh, that doesn't seem fair. Or maybe not even a fair is the right word, it just it just seems a little bleak, right? That, like, basically we're... It's like how, to be a K-pop person, it's a little bit of a bummer that you have to get plastic surgery. You know? Yeah. I guess it's not actually true. That's not a fair thing to say. I'm sure plenty of them don't have plastic <laughs> surgery. I mean, it's just... That's already partially the case. Like, we should just lower our standards, right? Like, we should just accept people running a little less fast. You know? I mean, maybe. I don't, I don't know. It's just it's already
0: the case. People are already doping right. in cycling. For example, it's already known that competitors are doping. And so either you're in or you're out. Are you still is there still a doping problem in cycling? There's a doping problem in everything Be- because a- as certain kinds of doping get caught and they figure out ways to assay for it other kinds of doping become popular that they don't have tests for yet.
1: That's interesting.
0: So it will continue on in time. I mean, our next segment in this episode, the one we're going to finish with... Is the Final Frontier. Or it's the next one, anyway. I don't know what the Final Frontier is. Space. Idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm mad at you. (laughs) Um, I guess... I think that... Having people do doping secretively isn't very good either.
1: Right, you'd rather we just like all doped. In fact, if we had doping competitions, where like the scientists were the competitors, I I, I guess I, and they're I like, don't, filter the blood fast. You I know? just don't understand how
0: you can say that there's an ethical line that you right. draw. Right. Like you know what I mean? I'm not even sure that like I don't think I like doping conceptually, but like I don't think that there's a you don't really like sports conceptually. <laughs> Well, I don't totally understand the point. Right. Except that, like, it can be fun for spectators to watch groups of people, like, compete with each other. Right. But, like, I know when I watch certain games that, like, not all teams are going to be competitive with each other. Right. Sometimes you see a pairing of teams where, like, okay, well, that team is going to beat the shit out of that team. Right.
1: Uh, I like it when that literally happens.
0: <laughs> They're just getting big fights.
1: Yeah, I like it when in soccer some player just hits the other player. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, some Roman shit, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think people just like to have like a like a pretense of naturalism, right? Like, I think like part of the uh, part of hoop dreams, right, is that you could you could become that person just by pure athleticism, or that like sports is somehow attainable for some people or that this is like just what humans can do right like i think that's part of the fetishizing of sports right is like a kind of greek or renaissance ideal well so
0: ultimately there is still a limit to what humans can do right like like even with
1: doping can't can't live in space bone is bone muscle is muscle bone is bone i'm yeah dude i want to read that book flesh is flesh Flesh flesh.
0: so like i would argue that there is a clear-cut line between like Having a soccer competition where people can dope, you know what I mean? Yeah. Versus having a soccer competition where everyone's wearing exoskeletons. Right. You know what I mean? That's just a different yeah, competition. That's not fun. Like blow up the ball by accident too I, much. It, yeah, well, you need a new ball. But like, right. yeah, I think that's a fun idea. It's like a battle bot soccer match. I think that's cool. But it's a different sport, right? Right. But within that human ball. capability, diet can change how well people can perform. Right. You know what I mean? And competitors today playing the same sport as yeah. competitors fifty years ago. Everyone today would destroy the people fifty years ago, but we're the same species. What's the difference, right? Even without Chernobyl, we've no,
1: (laughs) we're a different species because I think we've
0: we've gotten a lot better at understanding what kinds of trainings help, what kind of exercises help, what kind of diets help, right? And so I just don't understand how those
1: things are all allowed and ethical and fine. Don't you feel like some Greek guys could beat up some modern people because like they got good muscles, so like they must have known something, right? Because they're like natty sexy.
0: Well, but the dude who ran Marathon... Like, died. He died, and now people... A shitload of people run Marathon. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's
1: that's true, that's true. I'm just wondering, though, like, if we was so much bullshit back then compared to now, why were they still so sexy and ripped? Hold on, who are you comparing to? (laughs) If if you you compare, like, a sexy... A sexy... (laughs) Ancient Greek man to you and me. (laughs) Yeah, that's not (laughs) the same as comparing him to, like, David Beckham or something like that. Yeah. Or Ronaldo. 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 He's a 37-year-old machine. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like famously, Antonio Conte, the soccer coach, he bans ketchup. His players aren't even allowed to eat ketchup. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And that's why they run so good. Good. (laughs) Good. That makes sense. All right, all right, all right. So, Sean, you know, we agree to disagree. What, what side are you on? <laughs> have, you, have you picked the I head? love the beautiful game. <laughs> but, but okay, okay, okay. So, so let's take a break. And after that, we're going to talk about the not-so-final frontier. We're going to do gene and cell therapy. Yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it.
0: The following is an actual
1: advertisement. Book Retorts is a podcast about what happens when you try to explain your weird media finds to your friends. We've got dragons. Davio's dragon, whose name is Deborah. Deborah the dragon. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite. (laughs) It's so good. And questionable science. They want to, like, drive the moon out of the solar system and, like, fly it off like a big spaceship. And it's bonkers. (laughs) Destroy the Earth. Nancy Drew investigates. There's a new boy in town. But is he human or vampire? And ask the tough questions. And how is it that you explain the coffin in your parlor, which is a legitimate question? <laughs> it I got to... and it doesn't make sense in the books either. <laughs> There's also romance. They ruin their nice date. Well, that was the whole point of karate chopping the person earlier and coming into the (laughs) restaurant, Sam. So join us every Wednesday as we take on the weirdest books, movies, graphic novels, and whatever else we find over at bookretorts.com. Or wherever you get your podcasts. So, you know, Gene, and, you know, I think The Economist literally today has an article. Well, today's a different day than when they're listening to this, by like a month and a half. Sure. sure. But uh, they're stepping to the past! (laughs) But, um,. But, you know, they kind of said an article at some point in the past for you guys. Yeah. That was basically about, like, gene therapy for babies and stuff. Uh-huh. Gene therapy's all a rage these days. I always thought gene therapy in the same economisty way of, like, oh, I could edit my baby. Uh-huh. But it turns out, apparently, you can edit your genes as an adult to run faster. Yeah, so let's put it this way.
0: The FDA has not approved gene therapy yet, yeah. but there are gene therapy clinical trials
1: ongoing right now. Okay, so this is not that far-fetched. Mm. Well, how does gene therapy, because again, like literally I thought you're like tinkering on the embryo and then it like mitosizes into a person, but you Uh can gene therapy just like an adult person. Yep. How does that, like, talk to me, daddy. Okay. So, because it's just like, like, how do you edit some cells or some genes or whatever? How does that become the, how does the whole body start doing that now?
0: Yeah. So most of the time you don't need the whole body to do it. Oh shit. So if you you think about it, so for example, some gene therapy is supposed to help fix certain kinds of blood disorders. Okay. And for those blood disorders, the the place where you need to fix the gene is in the bone marrow. Right. So long as you get the gene therapy into the bone marrow and fix enough of the cells, you don't even need to fix 100%. Right. So long as you fix enough, that might be enough to make it so that these people can live much better lives. Right. Did
1: we do an episode on gene therapy? I'm Uh, trying to remember. Maybe. We've been doing this for years. Yeah, it's kind of mind-boggling, huh? It feels new every time, like like uh, your first date. I'm a little mad. Like the lady in the tramp. I'm a little mad about it, but no, in this any is day, a good
0: thing. But no, look, the, I'm the... saying the love is fresh. The
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: selective amnesia—a good way to keep the relationship fresh.
1: Yeah, fifty-first states. <laughs> so look, um, yeah, every time you see an Anne Sandler movie, you only realize halfway through that you've seen way too many Anne Sandler movies. Look, 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 look what's important here yeah
0: is that there's a lot of ways to do gene therapy yeah that's for a different episode
1: either one we've already done okay wait wait so let's say you just like inject the bone marrow like what are you injecting to therapize the genes like i don't know like some sort of enzyme or catalyst that like we just hope enough of it will get into the the cell to like chip chop some of the gene the most common way is to use a virus
0: okay okay cool yeah so the that's virus that's how covid
1: happened no.
0: <laughs> Different kind of virus. Uh, but there's a certain kind of virus called or a phageofucker. So, no. Certain right. group of viruses <laughs> called AAV Fuck-o-fage. or adeno-associated viruses. Yes. And for those guys, you can package your DNA in there, they sort of attach onto cells and right. get the DNA in, and then that DNA can integrate somewhere into your genome. Okay and then hopefully produce just that gene, okay. the virus doesn't spread further. So it's not like your body makes that virus and you have an active, right. full-blown infection. So like I said, there's clinical trials for gene therapy, but there's also already FDA-approved cell treatments ah. where basically you take cells out of the body, you genetically engineer them, and then you put those cells back into the body. Ah. Right? And that is genetic engineering. You are changing the genes of those cells. So That's we cool. Those are already FDA-approved and used. Yeah. Mainly... To make immune cells better at recognizing and fighting cancer, yeah. and then injecting those immune cells back into your body. So that's all, that all already happens.
1: Do cells ever wear anything else? Like, do they wear khakis ever? Or do they only ever fit into jeans? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that took me a really long time. I don't know what the fuck you were talking
0: about. <laughs> uh, wow. I'm sad. Okay. And they put jeans on themselves. (laughs) Do cells have little arms? No, they they always need help. (laughs) They're aristocrats. (laughs) Okay. So. Habsburgs, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're a little goofy. (laughs) So basically... As with a lot of these kinds of things, as with a lot of the drugs used in doping, the application was originally to help people with some kind of disease or disorder or something like that. Right. But it is not far-fetched to imagine that... To just
1: do sports better.
0: (laughs) Gene and cell therapy might go the same way as literally fucking everything else on the doping list. Right. Which is toward helping athletes do whatever they're trying to do better. Right. Right. And... What I'm curious about is how athletes will perceive the risk versus reward for genetic change versus, like, steroids and other drugs.
1: Right. There's because, something about just injecting yourself with volatile chemicals that just, like, feels a little better. Than, yeah, like, it, it sounds like, while it's not true, it sounds
0: kind of like, oh, I'll inject myself with these drugs, I'll get the benefit, and then they'll be flushed out of my system, right. and then
1: there's no, like, real downside when it's right. out of my system. Gene right? therapy is kind of a fairly new concept in the popular consciousness, like, like culturally speaking— um, it's still a little intimidating. Yeah, and it sounds pretty permanent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what if it wasn't very
0: good, or yeah, you yeah, change yeah. your mind about it, right? What if you, like, grow a third limb or something? Right, so there, there what is I? there is a risk, conceptually, when you have a gene being integrated into the genome, yeah. that it could cause cancer. Right. That basically it could integrate in a bad spot where it breaks a tumor suppressor gene, or it takes a proto-oncogene and turns it oncogenic. So you th- feel that like a, a real
1: risk. jackass, being like, I got fifth in the Tour de France, and I have cancer now.
0: Uh, yeah, you'd feel dumb. Yeah. That'd be a bummer. So, what would you actually genetically engineer? You could add extra copies of genes that could be useful for increasing your red blood cell count, like erythropoietin, uh, EPO, right? Okay. Uh, the same kinds of stuff you would inject, the same kind of hormones you can inject, right. you might just put in an extra gene that just makes more copies of it naturally, right? All right. right? And so you might expect to see significant growth in muscle mass if you had an extra gene for insulin-like growth factor one or something like that. Well,
1: is there anything that you can't just inject that we could do with gene therapy?
0: Yeah, sure. So it's a little... You might still be able to do something about this, but there are certain genes where you'd want to get rid of them in order to see an effect. Oh. So for example, myostatin is a gene in muscles. They're part of the regulation of muscles. That tell them to stop growing at a certain point. Interesting. So you could use something like CRISPR to cut up the myostatin gene in muscles. Is this the sort of shit that biohackers are already like making yeah. YouTube videos about? Yep. Gross. Yep. <laughs> yep. This, yeah, this is definitely an idea that's out there in the in the bio. Have world. you
1: ever tinkered with biohacking?
0: No. Yeah. Look, I think that. There might be some kind of way also in the main concept of how you do this kind of genetic engineering for athletes. I sort of imagine that you would be injecting the virus kind, which is making the modifications in your body. Hypothetically, you could take some kind of cell out, genetically modify it and put it back in. Yeah. But it's a little bit harder to think about what the best way to do that would be for athletes. Like, I'm not sure which cells you'd modify to make EPO or to chop up myosin or something.
1: I mean, that's why it's the frontier. We're definitely going to find out. Yeah, I imagine it'll
0: happen.
1: Yeah. I imagine
0: it'll happen. And uh, I think the main sorts of risks are risks for cancer. Right. Which, like, already for gene therapy stuff, they
1: try very hard to avoid. Yeah, But there's always probably a little bit of risk. Can we do shit like strengthen ligaments and, like, strengthen bones? Like, you know, one of the more important players for the team I like, Tottenham, Harry Kane, very weak ankles. (laughs) Ah. Right. Can we just, like, buff up his ankles a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think well, we can get some of that going. We need to get more gene therapy then, because <laughs> this but motherfucker's ankles need to th- there was a
0: drug, uh There was a drug we talked about in episode one, though, that mm. also can help strengthen bone and increase collagen deposition in joints yeah. so that the joints feel less, like, impact issues.
1: Yeah. That and Kim, I feel like. Probably kim? the two, yeah, you know, like seaweed. Oh, kim. Laver, yeah. Oh, yum. I think those two things. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I we're hope lucky. we lucky we
0: ate Jack in the Box so that I'm not hungry right now. Yeah, yeah. Because you yeah.
1: talk about kim, my ligaments feel stronger. I'm gonna get hungry after that cluck sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: So look, there's all kinds of doping out there in the world. Right. There's gonna be more doping in the future. Like right. it's, it's not. It's not gonna change. Right. There's always a back and forth between banning some kind of doping agent and then figuring out a new doping agent or a way to get around that
1: ban. And even our ethical categories are shifting, right? Like yeah. the ethical debate around it is also shifting at the same not maybe not at the same rate at a lagging rate than our chemical treatments. But point is is that this doping is very much a, a in as much as it's socially constructed. this is an evolving subject forever. Yeah. Yeah. And, I I mean, I don't know, a long time ago, like, Greek
0: and Roman times, there were no rules against taking any kind of substance to try to
1: get an edge up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's crazy cultures, though. It is kind of interesting. I wonder, it would be interesting to read, like, an anthropology paper about um, what exactly happened in the 1800s ethically that we got so horny and so pissed off about, like chemicals right i mean part of what you wonder i mean you had talked about how the proliferation of chemicals is part of the reason like there's more rules around it i wonder if enough people died from taking cocaine that they just decided like okay we need to just get rid of doping because it's like a race to the bottom or something
0: yeah so I, banning of substances like and calling them doping did not happen in the 1800s
1: yeah it happened like in the 1980s it's a war on drugs thing oh so you were allowed to just take cocaine and like do bicycle races all the way to the 80s once cocaine was banned, like that was a general, general domino use, effect.
0: Right. Well, well, so <laughs> any drug that was made illegal in like the US Yeah was banned because it's an illegal drug. Right. Not banned because of doping. All right. right. But for example, methamphetamine use was allowed and was done a lot in the sixties and seventies. Mm. Yeah, especially and, and Hollywood then, well, see, and sports. In cycling, I'm thinking in particular. Yeah, but the yeah. main point is that like a lot of these bands are actually much more recent yeah. in sports. Much more recent. So I don't think it's an 1800s thing. Right. I think the ethics of it, it feels like, oh, there's a really sound ethical reason. Right. But these ethic reasons are like maybe
1: 40 years okay, old. like highly modern. Yeah. Fucking, I don't know how, but I'm going to blame Ronald Reagan. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Blame Reagan. The fucking Reagan, dude. Okay. Well, anyway, wait. Anyway. Well, that's interesting. So we should just have doping. I think that's the conclusion <laughs> of these episodes. Uh, well, guys, hold thank on. you to thank or to hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold
0: on. One, one more thing. Okay, look. A lot of stuff is dangerous. Yeah. Okay, so I am not advocating that anybody take anything that's dangerous for their health. I think we should just ban bungee jumping. Yeah. Yeah, right, keep going. See, like, I guess in a general sense, I don't like the idea of banning a lot of things. My right. parents would be ban fewer things. Right. But as a general principle, a lot of stuff can be bad for you. And so I don't suggest taking it. I don't think you should take really dangerous things for your body just for recreational reasons. I think there's other ways to have fun. Right. If sports is something where like it's a life or death situation for you for yeah. whatever reason, then I can understand why you'd dope. Right. Yeah. So I think there's nuance there. It is dangerous. I'm not saying it's all sunshine and roses.
1: But uh, I don't think we should be banning them. When you said there's other ways to have fun, I had just such a strong premonition of you playing apples to apples. Why? I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> it's just a kind of a, kind of a fun after-school special thing to say. That's and right. I just imagine you <laughs> that's great. That's, that's, that's <laughs> right. playing apples to that's apples. That's very good. That's very good. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Now we're done. So okay. yes. Thank you, Stacy, our sound lord and engineer. And then Brian
0: and Griffin and everybody artworks. Art, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. you Contact see- us. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> dish at gmail.com. At dishpodcast on Twitter. Patreon.com slash Dish. Woo. All right. Good job, everybody. See you later. Bye. <laughs>